welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And this is Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Imani. Imani recently released the Imani I1 dual breast pump featuring the quietest motor on the market. But we will hear more from our sponsor later. And you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page if you need anything. Check there and see if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, you can scroll down and enter your email address and we will send you episodes straight to your inbox every week. And I have one more thing I want to say. As I know that some of you send us your photos, and that is very helpful because if you go to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you'll notice that all of our episodes, the thumbnail is you guys. Um, and so I think that's really cool. And we've gathered photos over the years, um, but we are always gathering more. So if you have any photos, breastfeeding photos, pumping photos, bottle feeding photo, photos, any, however breastfeeding looks to you, um, we would love to have those photos because I can use those to represent the community and the topics that we're, that we're discussing. And you can send them to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com or thebadassbreastfeeder at gmail.com. And um, yeah, that's what I have to say. So thank you for sending your photos. And now Diane has our review of the week. I do. And I can't believe you just talked about that because the review of the week came to us via email and she sent a beautiful picture of her mm -hmm. and her babe. So, and so I was going to say something about how like sometimes people will send pictures when they send a review via email and how we love to get the pictures. So, yeah. I'm and if you include your story or something you want to say about it, I love sharing those things on social media too, if you're yeah. into that kind of thing. Yeah. So just know, I mean, I usually send something back that says, Hey, can we use this picture? Um, but if you send us a picture, that's, that's what we're doing with it. Cause sometimes people are like, what are you going to do with it? It won't be a billboard or anything, no. but you know, it will go <laughs> on social would, media. So. We would like to use it. Yeah. If you're, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Only if you're okay with it for sure. Um, so this, this review comes, like I said, it, it came um, via email and she sent a beautiful picture with it. it. says, I'm a little late to the bandwagon, but so glad this podcast was recommended to me. I've been binging your past episodes and feel so damn validated. My little girl is five months old and we finally got into a cruising phase of nursing after a turbulent first three months. Between opinionated, mouthy mother-in-laws to a tongue-tie that tongue -tie that went undiagnosed for three months and countless nights when nursing felt like torture, it was a difficult start, but we kept going and had the help of a fantastic lactation consultant. Listening to you guys talk about nursing on demand, responding to your baby's needs, and breastfeeding made me literally scream, thank you, out loud in my car. So thanks for all you do, and I plan to recommend your podcast to every nursing or expecting mother I know. Thank you kindly, Lena. So... Thank you so much thank for this. Thank you kindly. I know. Thank you kindly. Goodness. Not only do you listen to us, you tell other people about us. I know. Just, That's so awesome. Thank you. It is so awesome. But I, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking like, you know, where she says three months, it took us three months to get into that place. And I feel totally. like that's kind of what you hear a lot. I think that's really common because yeah, I, and I think that's why a lot of people at three months you know, stop too. Cause it's like, I'm going to go back to work. I just, whatever. And like, I don't have any handle on this. And now there's another change coming. Forget it. Exactly. Or people say it was, you know, they really felt 
pain still for the first couple months. Um, You know, they really just didn't feel secure or confident for the first few months. Like, this is not, I don't think that's really that uncommon. And I think it's, you know, it's obviously really hard. But this is, this is one of the reasons why we're doing this episode today, this breastfeeding expectations, because I think people come into breastfeeding thinking, and I, we get, we get people's emails that say this too. Like, I, I didn't realize how hard this was going to be. I didn't realize what this was going to be like. I didn't realize, you know, that I should have had more education prior to having my baby. Um, and our expectations are really, expectations of breastfeeding and then you have your baby and what it really is like are really very different things completely. Yeah. I mean, and like, cause you know, before you have, before you have children, it's like, oh my God, those are private parts. Don't show those. Don't talk about those. Oh, children, don't look at that person, you know, hide your breastfeeding. I don't want my child to see your breast. Oh, we don't talk about vaginas in this house and da 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 all this. And so people get people grow up don't don't know shit about their body and have babies and don't have any idea what's going on. Right. It's like all of this is so taboo, and then you're supposed to know everything that's happening once you have a baby. And there's no such thing as like, oh, you know, everything was great. Like this is like a huge, massive, major life and identity transition. Like mm-hmm. it's not gonna be smooth. There's no way. Even if you had all the support in the world, like it's rough. And we, you're like set up before it even starts for failure. Yeah. Yeah. And and not to mention all your birthing experiences. Yeah, I know. Throw that in the mix too, which is really what you're trying to prepare for. Is that. Yeah. And then you're, you know, that, that's the expect, you know, what you expect with that too. I expected to have this and you didn't. I mean, how often does that happen? I feel like you really don't have much control over what happens at birth. There's a lot that you can't control. Um, But the breastfeeding piece, I mean, there's a little bit more control here. You can, you know, get support, get help if you know where, you know, if you can, if you know where to look for it, um, which can be also very difficult too. But I really feel like, so some of the things that I see that are expectations that are not reached are, um, or maybe the expectations that people think that are just like, you know, they really kind of figure out that that's not what's going to happen is first of all, of course, we always can mention sleep, right? Like we always Mm -hmm. know that, you know, you bring this baby home from the hospital, you know, you think the baby is just going to eat and sleep and you're going to change a diaper. And the rest of the time you can kind of chill out and have guests over and write thank you notes and watch some Netflix. And then you have this baby and you come home and the baby never wants to be put down. And you're like, Oh my God. And the baby's feeding every two hours. And you're like, this is, this is, is this normal? Is this what I'm still going through? Yeah. And you're going through the trauma of the birth experience. Mm-hmm. Usually that's like pretty traumatic. Even if it was okay, it's still a big, big, massive thing you just went through. Yeah. And now you yeah. can't sleep and the baby is acting like a weirdo because <laughs> we don't understand what newborn babies are supposed to do because we don't talk about them until we're holding them. Yeah. That's what so exactly... We, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. That's what, like it, it's exactly like I feel like every parent that I talk to... After their first, you know, at, right after they have their baby, like that's how it, it they're just like, what the hell did that just happen? They've like no idea. And then the baby, you know, baby doesn't want to sleep. Baby wants to be only held all the time. People have no idea that that's going to happen to them. 
they're like, oh my gosh, I can't put the baby down. No. Yeah. And all you're told to do is not to sleep while you're holding the baby. Yeah. Don't yeah, let the baby sleep it, here. Don't let the baby sleep there. Don't hold the baby. Don't hold it. Blah, blah, blah. It's like everything is so contradictory. So what am I supposed to so do? Yeah. What do I do? I know all these things not to do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. You know, all these things to not do. Mm-hmm. But so nobody is like do? trying to help you navigate through this. So, I mean, what I, I mean, I always try to just, you know, validate this with parents and be like, yeah, this really sucks. Because don't you feel like, don't you feel like you're doing something wrong? Because you feel like you're the only one, like what happened to my, my baby is broken. They it, He won't go anywhere without, like, I can't put him down without him crying. I can't, you know, he's feeding constantly. Uh, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I think he's broken. Like really just, you, and then people are telling you, oh, your baby should do this. Oh, your baby should be doing this. Oh, my baby did that. And it's like, you feel like you're doing something wrong. Like, what am I doing? I hear that so much. Like, what am I doing wrong? It's like, you're not doing anything wrong. This is normal stuff. This is so normal. This is babies. And they're all different. And it's, this is, your journey is going to be your journey. And it's not a wrong journey. You know, like you're, it's just your journey with it. So what I always tell parents is just like, try to, you know, follow your baby's lead. Like we know that they're going to be, it takes them a while to settle in, you know, that whole fourth trimester thing. And if you're not familiar with the fourth trimester, the fourth trimester is basically like the first three months after the baby's born where they should still be in the womb. They should still like, we know that we can't carry them as long as they need to be for developmental purposes because we would never be able to have them. Right. I mean, we talk about this quite a bit on the podcast too. We've mentioned it a few times Mm -hmm. that, you know, as we evolved as humans, things changed with our bodies and babies do not, they, they don't, they're not in the womb as long as they need to be. And they're born with their, you know, their brain development is very low at at birth and they can't do anything and they're completely dependent on us. So the first three months, really, they, they should be just attached to us all the time. Yeah. You just mimic that fourth trimester that you're just mimicking the womb. Right. That's basically what you're doing. Yeah. It's just really hard to do when they're on the outside. (laughs) It's a lot easier when they're on the inside. It feels so hard when you're pregnant. You're just like, oh my God, I can't wait to get this baby out. And then the baby comes out and you're like, oh, thank God. And then you're like, oh, no, this is way harder. (laughs) That's what I said when I was going to go back to work. I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to work. And, you know, Josh is going to work from home and he'll just take care of the baby during the day while he's working. Because we thought baby would just sleep because that's what happens on TV is that the baby's always just like in the corner sleeping. And so we're like, you just work and like the baby will just sleep in the bassinet next to you. It'll be fine. And then I was at work and I was working towards my LCSW and I was like, you know what? I'm like so exhausted right now. There's too much going on. I'm just going to sit for the exam when I get back. <laughs> and because everything was going to calm down, I guess, once the baby was here, was it was how it was in my mind. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah. so I had the baby, breastfeeding sucked for a long time, I couldn't figure it out. And by the time it was ready for me to go back, I was like, I'm not, I can't go back. I don't know what's going on. This baby is not doing anything that I thought the baby was going to do. And, um, I don't know why I'm rambling about this, but yeah, everything was not as expected and everything changed. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought the baby was broken as well because he would never sleep and never be put down. Yeah. So that is really one of the, I think probably one of the biggest and one of the first expectations I always see is people are like, and we always blame everything for the feeds. You know, like the feeding oh, is blamed for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every problem is breastfeeding related. Like, and if you can't tell, we're being totally sarcastic, but everybody think like <laughs> everything you do. And that's because that's all you're doing, right? All you're doing is breastfeeding this baby all the time. Like you're feeding this baby 10, 12 times a day. So if the baby's fussy, you're like, it must be that. Or if the baby's not sleeping, it must be the breastfeeding. Or if the baby's got gas, it must be the breastfeeding. Or if the baby's, you know, miserable, it must be the breastfeeding. But it's, it's not, you know, it's not. And, or at least the majority of the time, it's not. Maybe sometimes it is, but it's, you know, it's usually not the breastfeeding. But we have a really hard time just trying to instinctively listen to our babies. And the other thing that comes out that people think too is like that breastfeeding is very natural. Right. Oh, yeah. People expect uh-huh. breastfeeding to be a very natural experience. They're just going to put the baby on their chest. The baby's going to latch on their own and they're going to have this blissful breastfeeding experience for the rest of their, you know, for the next year. And that doesn't happen for a lot of people. And that that natural, that whole natural thing is like, I, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, it is it not as common it's, to see that natural breastfeeding it's experience. It's natural, but it's also learned. Everybody's mm-hmm. learning. Everybody is learning. So when you Google, and I don't recommend this, but if you do, you know, (laughs) I Googled breastfeeding expectations versus reality. Uh And the first thing that came up makes me like instantly hostile because (laughs) it is like completely false. So let me read this and then everybody can be mad with me, along with me. I'm not even going to say where it comes from because I don't want anybody to like give any traffic to this site but it turns out this is this is literally what this says it turns out that 75 percent of women can't breastfeed or breastfeed without a supplement engorgement sleepy babies plug ducts sleepy parents mastitis overproduction and weight gain milestones can all be concerns what that's just wrong 75% Seventy-five like percent of people on the internet today. Me. That's the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you win. You win the internet. <laughs> so, like that is so not true. But I don't want anybody to sit here and go. Well, you know, I feel like this. This is the problem with the breastfeeding expectations because I think if people go into this thinking that they're just going to bre- that their baby's going to breastfeed, there's not good. They're not going to have one single bump in the road ever with anything. It's like, what have you ever done in your life where you've never had a bump in the road? Yeah. I, I don't think anything. I can't remember anything that I've done. Like even you take a vacation, you forget to pack something. Your plane gets, you know, delayed. Um, you run out of gas. You do, you know, like things happen that you do not mm-hmm. plan for. It's the same way with babies and breastfeeding. So you, you know, you have a baby, your baby's sleepy. That makes you one of those 75% that can't breastfeed. I mean, Come on. This is this is kind of the problem here. Like we just say, oh my gosh, you got plugged ducks. Yeah, you can't breastfeed anymore. This is your problem with breastfeeding. You know, engorgement. Yeah, it, it's it's a problem. So you better not breastfeed. Like there, this yeah, is like you just, can't. Oh, you got you're you having you're having engorgement, which means like something's going wrong, and you can't breastfeed. Like when being engorged is actually really normal, right? And you really have to breastfeed. That's the best thing to do. (laughs) But yeah, things, problems arise. Absolutely. 
but that doesn't mean you can't breastfeed at all. But people are really quick to throw that in there. Well, just, you know, then just give formula. Like you're there all the time. Oh, just give formula. As if there's not going to be any problems if you give formula. Right. Like it's a baby. I don't know why we always think that that's like an easy thing. Like it's not easy. It's this not. is all parenting is hard. You don't just give formula and then everything is easier. I don't know where that came from. Formula I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably. Exactly. Well, why don't we talk about Amani for a second? And then we're going to talk a little bit more about expectations versus reality and not what this these people on the internet say because they're crazy. Right. <laughs> yes, we will be right back. Right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Imani. Helping mothers everywhere with the right tools, Imani recently released the Imani i1 dual breast pump, featuring the quietest motor on the market. Experience optimal pumping with hospital strength output, as well as a never-before-seen boost mode. Whether pumping from one breast or both, this smart system maintains a constant pumping pressure. Its two main cycles, massage and express, Include multiple vacuums on each cycle. Portable, efficient, and hands-free. Find out why Imani USA products are trusted by over 46 million mothers around the world throughout their breastfeeding journey. For more information, visit Imani USA. That's I-M-A-N-I-U-S-A dot com. And use code BADASS for 25% off of your purchase. And these sponsors and their promo codes, this sponsor and their promo code can be found in our show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes will also include further information about things we talk about in this episode and at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. You will also find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Yes. So, so I don't want anybody to get the idea that like, I, I don't know if I'm coming off the right way with this breastfeeding expectation thing, but I really feel like we kind of go in, as a society, we kind of go into breastfeeding thinking like, this is going to be a very blissful, like you have this idea in your head that you're just like, whoa, um, like I have this picture on my wall that I don't know, I'll try to take a picture of it and put it on our show notes or something like that. But it's this beautiful painting that somebody did. Um, I had gone to this like, I don't know, it was like art night or something like that at this place downtown. And um, this woman had done this, this beautiful picture of her, her breastfeeding a baby. It's kind of like, you know, like her hair's all over. She's got this wild curly hair all over the place and she's holding this baby to the breast. And you could tell that that's what she's doing. And she's standing in this field of wildflowers. And it's really cute. And um, of course, I had to buy it. But the woman who painted it, she was there. She goes, this is just kind of how I envisioned myself when I was breastfeeding, but probably looked absolutely nothing like this because it's like, you just kind of get this, oh, I'm just going to sit and just breast and it's going to like, you're going to look, you know, so like poetry in motion, right? It's just going to be like this beautiful relationship that you build with your baby. And it is, but there are, it is not an easy thing to achieve for a lot of people. And I think that like, I would say maybe it's not like 75% of people can't breastfeed. I think it's more of like 75% of people struggle with it, but overcome it. Once you really like, once you know, okay, this, these are things that happen 
there's things that happen when you're breastfeeding that we just need to overcome. There's questions that come up. There's things that happen. And I mean, like, like you, let's take you, for example, you were like, how the hell do I pump? I can't figure that out. I'm just not going to go back to work. Right. Like you could have probably like figured it out if you really needed to go back to work. Yeah. But you were like, I'm just not, that's just not what I want to do. Um, And I think a lot of times people go, I just can't figure this out. This is too much for me. While you're also dealing with becoming a parent, that whole identity shift, recovery from birth, transitioning into parenting, returning to work, like there's a lot of stuff happening there. Stuff happening to your body, Mm -hmm. relationships with your partner, relationships with your other children. Maybe there's postpartum mood stuff happening. All the things. All the things. And then people think, oh, I'll just, you know, give up the breastfeeding piece. This isn't working for me. Instead of finding the help that you, you know, that you really need to get. Um, it is just, it is very, it is frustrating. Like as an outsider looking in and I'm like trying to help other parents, it's like you, you know that the things are going to even out and be fine. You know, like I see that every day. It's like, okay, a lot of this stuff is just like normal newborn stuff, the sleepy babies and the, you know, the sore nipples and things like that that happen in the very beginning. That is normal. But people don't know that that's something that they need to expect. I think the sore nipples people expect because that gets talked about all the time. Everybody's like, oh, you're going to have so much pain. So I think that's like the one thing people are kind of expecting. But like the sleepy babies and the constant feeds and the long feeds, because I think people think they're just going to feed the baby and put them down and then that's going to be it. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't go like that, everybody's like, what is, what is this? This is dominating my every second. How am I supposed to sleep? How am I supposed to get anything done? But really, this was designed so that you do nothing. Right. <laughs> it really was. And, and I think those that, um, that painting that you're talking about, is that happens, especially now that we have social media, is like, because I've done this too. Like one of the things that that started my blog was the fact that I was like, I'm not posting any of these fancy pictures. Right. I'm posting like the real ones. So people can see what it really looks like because, because and, I, and I eventually did get professional photos taken. And it was really fun because you get to feel really put together when you're really not. You get to feel really like, you know, someone's putting your makeup on, they're putting you in a fancy dress, they're putting you in this, you know, field of whatever. And, you know, it looks really like, you know, you look really amazing. But that is like not at all what the experience is. I I mean, I I don't know. People say that it is sometimes like that, but I don't think it was ever like that for me. I was never like, I am a goddess, you know, breastfeeding. It was much more of like in the trenches kind of experience. But we see this all the time, and not just with breastfeeding, but with all of life. You know, we show people cooking with their children. We show people, you know, at the beach, and we show all these things, and we have all these filters that, like, you know, take away all of our imperfections. And, you know, I'm like, these children are not throwing it, uh, kitchen supplies around the kitchen and like having tantrums because, <laughs> like, that's everywhere. what my fucking kids do when I'm cooking with them. And, yeah. you know, it's like, and then you know, you'll always are people because we're posting, we always post and show when we leave the house, like we try to show our good side, right? We're like, this is so happy and I'm put together. And, but then people don't, don't get that 
that's just what's being presented and that's not real. That's the same thing with like the freezer, the the the, the milk supply, the milk stash in the freezer. Oh, yeah. You no, know, it's like I have so much milk. Look at all this milk. And these are all the pictures that you see. And then you go to pump and you're just like, what? I can't pump that much. I can't is, go back to I can't I can't go back to work, you know, and this is like because and you're, you're seeing all these photos that are just not real or not amazing, normal. Right. How we base our lives based on complete strangers. Like it is people say that to me all the time about the the milk stashes that they see on social media in the freezer pictures of this. Well, this person, on yeah. you know, they had this. I'm like, you don't even know that was a refrigerator. Like it's not even <laughs> it could like, be almond milk. <laughs> right. Right. Like I mean, we don't when even I'm know doing what that, that is. I know. I don't I'm not even breastfeeding anymore. I don't have any milk. So when I do the like little demos on the internet with the bottle with like paste bottle feeding or something, I put almond milk in there so that pe- so that I can show like what to do with the milk. You know, with the bottle. Do you know like I'm like a demonstrating? Um Yeah. But like, so you could easily do that with your freezer bags. You could just fill it up with whatever and be like, look at all my milk. I know. Because that's basically what you're doing when you're breastfeeding in a field of fucking wildflowers. Like, who's doing that? No one does that. That's a posed photo. That's not what you look like when you wake up in the morning. And how is it comfortable to breastfeed in a field of wildflowers? This is not (laughs) like, this is not real. It's not real. This is fantasy. We're living a and lie. Fantasy everybody. is fine. Yeah. It, seriously, I mean, like we're we're try, we're like trying to we're we're aspiring to a fantasy because this yeah. is not that's one moment. And I will tell you, even when I did my one of my professional photo shoots was in the in the woods, and it was a hundred and five degrees, and there were mosquitoes <laughs> everywhere. You wouldn't know that by looking at the photo because it's like all, you know, done up and touched up and all this. But like even the photos are fake, you know, like it's not this is not real. And we're all going like, oh, but look at how easy it is for them. Look at how beautiful she looks and look at how you know great this is. And this is not how it is for me. I didn't sleep at all. And my baby's crying and my baby won't even latch. And my, you know, like all of this stuff it's like every moment we are set up to feel like we are not enough or we're not doing enough or we're not yeah making it like and and just for normally i mean we get like my friend amanda who you worked with yeah she um she's uh, lovely yeah and i saw her this past weekend and she i met sadara who is 14 months now she's still nursing oh my Um, god i love it yeah. So I was like, how did it go? And she was like, well, I pretty much supplemented the whole entire time. So in the beginning, people who might remember her because I talked about her before, but um, in the beginning, she was having a hard time nursing and it, she felt like she wasn't making enough n- milk. Now, Amanda had a breast reduction surgery. I like, four, I don't know how many years ago, a few years ago. And um now we say like you can still nurse, you know, after that, cause they salvage as much breast tissue as they can nowadays and all that stuff. Um, but she suspected, and we kind of all suspected along the way that that could be something that was impacting her supply. And so she was supplementing a little, and then she got on the whole donor milk train and she was driving all the way around Vancouver Island <laughs> for hours and hours and hours. And she supplemented the entire time up until the baby was a year with, other women's milk and she 
like loves that. I think she just thinks that's like a great part of the story that like Sadara is made up of all these women around her. And so like, cool. It's so yeah. cool. Um, but she had to adjust her expectations because she felt like she wasn't really ever going to, you know, making enough milk f- for Sadara. And so that's what her breastfeeding journey ended up looking like. And you know, you have to adjust your expectations along the way because it might not look exactly the way that you want it to. And some people do go through things where they're ending up, you know, using a supplemental nursing system or they're ending up, you know, yet partially um, supplementing or, or I don't know, other things, you know, they end up having to revise like lip ties and tongue ties or whatever to, to get along the way. And, you know, you do have to just like at any other point really in life, I guess, is adjust your expectations. Because mm-hmm. Amanda, you know, she successfully breastfed her first two boys. That was fine. There was never an issue. I mean, maybe there were issues, but it was, you know, not certainly not supply. Right. And so this was a whole new thing that she wasn't expecting. And, you know, expectations, what's that saying? Expectations are resentments waiting to happen. Like it's it can be you know, that we are expecting things to go a certain way. And when they don't, it's very much of a letdown. It is. And we can't help but bra- blame ourselves a lot of the time. Like, yeah, just like we did like something wrong, yeah. except that you didn't fail. This is just what ha- this is what's happening. And I remember I remember sometime, you know what? I, the, the phrase I really like is the um, she believed she could. So she did. Yeah. And I shared that one time and someone was like, this, this thing makes me feel bad because I, you know, I tried to have a home birth and then I couldn't or something like that. And like, I feel like that's not what the saying is. I don't feel like that's what that means. I feel like it's not like I believed that I could make this happen and that did. You're not a magician. (laughs) Like you believed that you, you know, you're believing in yourself that you can get through these things. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can, that you can, you know, a- adapt and adjust, you know, and, and make it through these hardships. I mean, that's what it means to me. Yeah. And it makes me think of, well, one thing that my therapist has said to me too, is like, you can do hard things. Like when I, you know, if I complain that something's just too hard, I just can't yeah. do it because it's too hard. And she's always like, you can do hard things. And that always kind of comes back to haunt me too. And I kind of feel like that goes along with that other, you know, that other phrase too. But I often Mm -hmm. will get people who maybe are supplementing who say to me, I really wanted to breastfeed. And I'm like, but you are breastfeeding. You are, you know, you just have to, you're, but adjusting that expectation is a struggle, right? Because you go into it thinking in your mind, I'm just going to, you know, be this breastfeeding parent and just you know, feed this baby and they're going to have my milk and it's going to go on and we're going to have this lovely relationship for a year, two years, as long as we can. And then you, you get into it and it's like the baby's on you 24 seven. You're feeling really overwhelmed with it. Birth sucked. Um, you're tired. You've got to go back to work in a couple of months. Like, how do you make this work? And people are like, I really wanted to do this for my baby. I really thought we were going to have this great breastfeeding relationship. It's like, but that doesn't mean you can't have that because you can, but we do need to adjust expectations. And we need to be like, okay, part of it is like, 
society sucks because nobody talks about what it's really going to be like. Yeah. You know, nobody tells, and, and all they say to you is, you can just give some formula. That's fine. But if that's not what you want to do, if you're like, I'm really tired, I'll just give some formula. It's like, that's not the answer Ugh. you're looking for. No. It's not. And I think that the expectation of the, I don't even know. I know we've done a lot of, um, a lot of episodes on sleep. I don't even know how to feel about that anymore because I feel like people know when they have a baby that sleep is going to be like, yeah, compromised. Yeah. But they still go into it going, how do I get, how do I, yeah. What do I do about I don't sleeping? Think, see, see, because I feel like all of these expectations, whether it's breastfeeding, whether it's sleep, whether it's whatever, these expectations are based like in the abstract, you know, because it hasn't happened yet. So mm-hmm. it's just happening in your mind. Like you're expecting this, you're making up this reality in your head. You know, you're, you're, it's not clear. It's, it's abstract. And then when it happens and you're actually going through the practice of it, you, that's completely different. So then it's like, well, I can handle like not getting a little sleep. Yeah, we're so excited to have this baby. We know we're not going to get sleep. Ha ha. That's going to be okay. We'll get through it. And then you have the baby and then you're being sleep deprived, probably to an extent that you didn't expect because you (laughs) thought the baby would sleep a little bit and maybe they aren't. They're only sleeping when you're trying to feed them, maybe. (laughs) And then you're like, oh, my God, why is this? You know, this is all not what I expected. This is all, you know, and um then you're like, okay, wow, that's really intense. This is really much, this is much different than what I, than what I expected. Mm-hmm. This isn't what I expected at all. I remember yeah, thinking like that with think- my kids. This is not what I expected at all. Yeah. Thinking about not getting sleep is really different than actually standing there after 48 hours of not sleeping. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, dear God, how do I just get some sleep? You're like barely, you're just like not even you don't even have a fully functioning brain, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. Oh my God. There are some times and you know, like it's been a while since I've had to do that. Thank God. Um, but I don't think I could do it again, honestly. Um, well, at, at my age, I absolutely couldn't cause I'm too old, but um, like my husband sometimes goes on very little sleep, like when he's working, depending on what's going on. And He's like, he's functionable on like four hours. He'll be like, if I just get four hours, I'm fine. And I'm like, I need like eight. Like I can't function on a regular day without like a decent amount of sleep. And I used to be able to function fine with with very little sleep. I mean, I had a lot of little kids at the same time. So I used to be able to function on little sleep. I just can't do it anymore. And he can still do that. But there are definitely some times where he has had very little sleep that he can't even like form a, a sentence. You know, like it's just, and it's like hilarious because he'll just like say these random things. And I'm like, you need to like go sleep or something because <laughs> you're not even making any sense to me right now. Like he'll fall asleep driving home. At, like he'll stop at a stoplight and fall asleep. Oh like, my it's God. Just, yeah. That's dangerous. If, I know. If he's had nights where, where he's just like worked for like 24, you know, 36 hours, stuff like that. And he'll, with like four hours of sleep somewhere mixed in, he'll, mm-hmm. that'll definitely happen. And, and it's like, you can't even form a sentence. You just need to go to bed. But that's what, like, nobody expects that they're going to do that with these babies. Like, you just kind of feel like, oh yeah, we're just going to, we'll sleep in shifts and we'll do, and then it's like, 
then you realize you can't sleep if you're baby, you know, if somebody else is watching your baby, you got to get up and feed their baby. You got to, you know, do all these things. And the expectation is really that you're just going to have this baby and everything is going to be lovely. Like, cause like you said, you, you see that on TV. You just, that's how it right. is. And how why it would people keep doing it if it was so awful? <laughs> like, it can't be that bad because people do this all the time. Yeah. Except it is that bad. It, and we're just like wired not, to reproduce. Yeah. And so we just keep doing it. And I, we, I got a puppy two months ago. So I'm like back in it. And people are like, it's not the same. And no, it's not exactly the same. But the sleep deprivation is the same. Because yeah. you're literally up. With this freaking hyper ass puppy that is just shitting and pissing all over the house. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I'm like, at least the baby had a diaper on. Like, <laughs> this is just, this dog is like all over yeah. the place. It is, it is not easy. And that's usually one of the first things I try to do with families when I talk to them is really validate that because I think, you know, when people go, oh, it's fine. This is just a short amount of time and it'll pass. It's just for, you no, should just enjoy hard. it. It's hard. Yeah. And, and, we and, don't, don't, and there, yeah. It's yeah hard. And, and by the way, this is not how humanity has lasted this long. This is like our downfall. You know, we have had in the past, humans have had, you know, people around them. Elders, extended family have been around like right there. It's only recently that we like separated ourselves in these houses. And the mm -hmm. only person you have is your doctor who's just like, oh, we'll just give some formula. Yeah. It is the, the expectation is just really that things are going to, you know, be fine. Everything's fine. Like this is really hard. Yeah. So, you know, you feel like it's working out for everyone else except for you. But no, it's not. No, it's not working it's out for anyone. <laughs> Everyone is tired. And, Unless uh, you get, I, I had a mom one time that was like, how does anybody do this without like, without a baby nurse? I can't afford that. And I'm like, almost nobody has a baby nurse. I mean, yeah, like no. I, some people do. Some people are absolutely lucky enough and privileged enough and, you know, that they can do that. And yeah, like. Good for them. Exactly. Good for them because that is not the norm. But no. we used to live in societies where everybody would kind of take you in and take care of you and take shifts and all of that stuff to kind of help. Um, it is just not, that is not the way it is anymore at all. And I feel like the suggestions that people give is just more work for you. Like, you know, like, let's take the pumping, for example. People are like, well, you know, my partner wants to help me. So... When can we give a bottle overnight so that my partner can help me so I can sleep? It's like, yeah, then you have to pump that bottle. Now you have to add in pumping. Right. So it's like, that's not how that's not, that's giving you more work to do really. So, I mean, the expectation I feel like is in the beginning, I think people should know in the beginning, this is really hard and it probably is not going to meet your expectations for what you thought it was going to be. You might think you have this like, you know, little cherub of a baby that is going to be like, so you know, perfect and content. And it's just, you get this baby that is not like that. I mean, they're always perfect, but you know, maybe they have baby acne. 
Maybe they have a, one of those little infant rashes. Maybe they're not, they're too sleepy to feed. So you're trying to constantly fight with this baby to stay awake so that you can get them fed. You're tired from trying to keep this baby awake. Like it's just, there's so much. And then you're like, oh my God, this is what, this is my life. I'm drowning in freaking dirty diapers and there's milk leaking everywhere. And I feel gross. Mm hmm. I mean, yes. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you go in expecting anything except a baby NATO, then <laughs> it's, you're going to be disappointed. Did you watch Inventing Anna? No. So we watched I've never that. Heard of it. What is oh, it? I don't know. It's um, Ruth from Ozark plays Anna in that. Oh my God. I love her. Yeah. She so you should look it up because so it is awesome. Real- okay. It is a. It's good. It's like I don't know if anybody. Else, I'm sure somebody's listening. Watched Inventing Anna, but um, it's only like nine episodes. It's a, a true story about this um, girl who comes to America and she like totally snows. It's a true story. Totally snows all these people into giving her money. Like it's really kind of fascinating how smart she was about this. But um, and Ruth from Ozark plays Anna, which is kind of why we gravitated toward because we loved Ruth too. Mm, mm-hmm. But at the end of this. Like at the end of the show, somebody from the show, like it was like a the journalist or whatever that was trying to tell her story, had a baby because she was like pregnant throughout the whole thing and had a baby. So they ha- they show her like having this baby, and then of course they hand her a baby that's like three months old. You know how like they do that in the movie, uh-huh. like you know they just oh, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> so and I I looked at I looked at Tom and I go and there's the three month old baby because it's like they have this baby wrapped up and they hand it to mom. Mom's like you know sweaty mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah you know in her hospital gown and this baby is like got hair perfectly and clean eyes yeah. wide open perfectly clean eyes wide open like they've been here on the planet for months and I'm yeah. like. <laughs> That is so not at all what reality is. But that is what you see. And it's just ridiculous. It's just not. It's hilarious. It's not like that. Yeah. No. It is just not like that. (laughs) But yeah, like the baby NATO. Absolutely. It's just. (laughs) It's crazy. Well, so you're not alone. You aren't alone. And we don't have any like great answers for you. I know sometimes we like to give you answers and be bossy like that, but we really don't have any great answers for you because this is like, I mean, we could say like, just don't have any expectations, but that's a really hard thing to do too. But just know, like if there are bumps in your, in your journey, there are like bumps in the road, you have a plugged milk duck, you are having sore nipples, you're not sure what to do when your baby's teething and you know, stuff like that. Like this is normal things that happen. Like it's not going to be a perfect journey. And that's why there are lactation consultants and people that can kind of try to help you along the way. But the comparison thing, as far as like, look at their life, they're doing it. They're killing it over there. No, they're probably not. No one's killing it. No, Mm -mm. no, they're all just trying to not kill each other. Just like in your house. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so that's about it. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.